Welcome to True Alignment. I'm Edgar Papke. And I'm Ken Sagendorf. Uh, you're joining us live today from the Gronowski Innovation Incubator in the Anderson College of Business and Computing at Regis University in Denver, Colorado. And Ken, you never miss a beat, do you? Anyway, being as opportunistic as we are here at uh, True Alignment Podcast, we've got a whole set, a whole set of uh, friends and guests with us here today. Uh, we have a, a team that are actually here at the Innovation Center doing some alignment and doing some strategy work, and we thought we'd take this opportunity to get them to join us on the air uh, for the podcast. And as always, your thoughts, questions, comments, anything are always welcome. Uh, info at truealignment.com, and uh, as always, we'll respond as quickly as we can. Yeah, so... Uh Edgar, thanks for that. You know, some context. We've been we've been working with this group of people for uh, a while now. We've had their CEO Panakin Patel on on the broadcast before, and we thought it would be a great idea to bring the whole team. Uh, you guys, so you know, you're some of our favorite people. We we talk about you a lot, um, in good ways, in very good ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much so. This is uh, what I would suggest. He's a really well developed team. In, in a lot of ways, most notably, I would say uh, the level of openness that they have in their communication with one another. And so in doing strategy work and talking about the future, that level of openness allows for a great deal of creativity, a great deal of innovative thinking, which is actually a trademark of, of this team in particular. Um, so what I'm going to do is just ask you all just to say hello, uh, just tell us uh, who you are and what your role on the team is, and that's probably a good way to get started. The conversation itself, as always here on True Alignment, is about alignment in all its various forms. So this is an opportunity from a team perspective to talk about what alignment looks like at a team level, strategic and, and vision level, as well as uh, a personal alignment. And um, we can get into whatever, uh, whatever content uh, that you like. And um, so along with the welcome, if Let's just go around the table here, and uh, let's start with you, John. Hi, I'm John Hammond. I'm uh, Chief Innovation Officer, IT Concepts, and I've been with us, what, eight and a half years now. Uh, hello, my name is uh, Panakin Patel. I'm the uh, CEO of ITC, and uh, I joined the firm actually uh, in 2010. Um, started with zero revenue, zero people, and where we are now. Welcome back to the True Alignment Podcast, Panakin. Thank you. Hi, I'm Brie Brodeur. I'm the Chief Experience Officer here. I've been here for four years and started as the VP of Growth. Hi, I'm Eric Yunker. I'm the CFO. I'm the baby of the group. I've only been here for about four months. Wait a minute. Are you also the youngest? I am actually the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> so much for that baby identity. Yeah. I'm uh, Tom Sodersky. I'm the COO with IT Concepts. I've been with the company for on since 2014 um, and I'm also going to introduce uh, Tom Fogarty our chief strategy officer who's going to be uh, walking in shortly um, anyone else I'm missing guys I think we got everybody else yeah, we, get to, we can get uh, Tom that join in so let me just begin with a uh, with a general question here and that is from your own experience individually and collectively um, what, what do you see as being the essence of alignment? There's a lot of thoughtful looks on people's faces yeah. here. 
Bree wants us to have the questions ready ahead of time so she could prepare for this, but that's There okay. was no agenda. <laughs> There's always an agenda. But the true essence? Yeah. Um, what, do you think is at the, what do you think is at the core of alignment? People. Um, I think just as you uh, started, right, I think uh, how important aligning your personal beliefs to where you're working um, and what you're trying to achieve at work, uh, all of it, I think if that doesn't align, it, it shows up very, very clearly. I would say our, our collective ability to solve problems, rise to challenges, uh, and kind of execute on our overall vision as a group is True alignment. So, yeah. Tom, is it the is it the framework itself that has given you that ability, or um, explain how those connect? That's a good question. Um, I would say the framework, yes, is is a part of that. I think it's also our ability to kind of make one decision shift when we maybe have made the wrong one, and collectively agree to move in a new direction. Um, I also think it's the collection of the people in the group. We've gone through some situations in the past where we didn't have the right people in the room and we were able to observe that as a group and collectively make decisions that to change that um, and I think that's helped us with alignment as well yeah. and those aren't always easy easy decisions to make I mean just uh, confronting the idea that somebody isn't the, the right quote-unquote fit for a team or for an organization uh, Bree what are your thoughts I think my favorite example of, of what alignment really looks like is Ken Subway. Because I think it, at first I thought, we got it. And then a minute later we were off on something. And just having to continuously assess and reposition and recommunicate and get back on that same page, that, that's, been, that's been what true alignment means. It's, it is every minute of every day. Yeah, for those of you that are not familiar with Ken Subway, yeah, I always describe alignment as the, you're standing on the subway platform, and for a split second, you can see the subway slow down enough so you can see clearly through the window, and then it, and then it starts speeding up and moves away from you. Um, and I think that's really um, what alignment has been in the people we work with. The greatest mistake is when somebody thinks it's a destination that is you've achieved it, you're done, like your hands are in the air on top of Everest, and it's all over. Um, but it's continuous work. Eric, you are newly introduced yes. to this whole thing yeah. for the last four months. So um, I want you to go back, as you answer this question, go back to that time in February. And what were your initial thoughts when we started that alignment conversation with all the directors and you were brand new to the company? I literally, like, that day, that week? It was my second day. Second yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I guess my, my I had I had been speaking to Panakin and Tom for a while, so I knew a lot about the company at that point. But getting to see them in action, and, and Panakin had told me over and over that communication is key to this company, and trust and teamwork are are what really drives us. And you know, you hear that a lot, but then I got to I got to see it firsthand with a bunch of people who I'd never met before, just watching them engage with each other and. They were open and honest, and they were willing to share not just their successes, but their vulnerabilities, the things that they were having trouble with. And I think they knew that they could, they could air those things without any fear of reprisal. And uh, you know, someone who's willing to talk about their failures in public is it, that makes for a successful team. 
in the process of, of, of being recruited and hired and coming into the organization, you, know, you can ask a lot of questions about the culture of an organization. How did that uh, compare to your expectations based on what you knew coming in? <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been through this a few times, as we discussed, and everyone always talks about, oh, people are most important. You know, we, we treat everyone wonderfully and, and great. And then you get to the company and you start to peek under the covers and see what it's really like. It hasn't been that way at ITC. Uh, I like to joke that I sit in a room and I'm always used to there being one jerk somewhere in the room and I look around and I don't see the jerk and I start to worry that maybe it's me. As a finance uh, guy, you get to peek under yeah. the covers a lot. Yeah, I peek under all the covers. <laughs> As a finance guy, you yeah. see it all. Um, but, I mean, I, I think what it comes down to is people here are willing to talk and communicate. And, oh. you know, if, if you can trust people to, to tell you the truth and, and give you the ability to do your job, um, then, you know, you're going to be successful. And that's, that's what I've seen. And I'm still not convinced I'm not the jerk. So. <laughs> How will you know? <laughs> you know, for those of you who are not in the room, so this, we're just getting going because this group is normally not so uh, patiently sitting silently waiting for something to happen. And so we just had uh, uh, Tom S. point at Tom F. as if he's not here yet to defend himself, <laughs> but he's the jerk, obviously. <laughs> he's definitely the jerk. I want to put that on the record. <laughs> a lot of love. <laughs> a lot of love. So looking back at, uh, at, the, uh, at the experience that you've all had in pursuit and continuous pursuit of alignment, what would you, what would you say coming into it is, is the greatest challenge that someone can expect in, in doing alignment work? And that's the personal journey, right? That's not the not necessarily what you're doing with the company, but as you personally have engaged in that alignment work these last couple of years. Uh, making sure you you take the time to bring everyone with you. I think that has been the biggest lesson is not just to keep running. I think we've got a team of runners, and taking the time to share what you're thinking and get their feedback and then really workshop that together, I think that was what we missed our first six months of it, that we really learned from unnecessary paper cuts <laughs> of that process. They weren't deep, but they were annoying, right? Um, and then learning to take the time to get on the same page, to think through those things, to work together, even if it wasn't in our particular swim lane. Um, I think that, that was the trick and the hardest thing. I think the hardest thing Eric talked about it is being vulnerable and being open to telling other folks, especially at that sea level, that there are certain things that you know about yourself that may not be the best, and you need help filling those gaps with the rest of your team, and then collect, having them help you collectively on the decisions that you make as an organization. Again, it goes speaks back to the alignment part, but it's tough because it goes. We went through a lot of iterations of trying to get people within our team to open up and just be willing to say. I may not know this, or I may not be good in this area, or I may need help here. And I think that took a lot of effort. Remember, we went through a lot of tough conversations as a group before people really started to, to open up, because a lot of us come from backgrounds working for larger larger companies that have the, this expectation where you know it or you don't, and you, there is no acceptable level of, uh, 
I guess, uh, failure, right? I, and so I think that to us was a, that's a big step. It, it's one of the reasons I just, I, I, I so adore you all um, because it's real. And, and Edgar and I, we've been having a lot of conversation about what, what the True Alignment podcast is really about. And, and you know, could we, could we structure it in ways that, you know, get us to X, Y, or Z? The podcast is really about authenticity. All right, authenticity in this work and in the pondering of, of what this all means. And that's just one thing I so enjoy about you all because it is that vulnerability. It is the, the, the constant ribbing and riding of each other because you know each other so well. I mean, and this is, you know, in my, in my other life when I teach these business programs here at this university, this is the part that is the hardest for people to understand about what a good business is. Right? It is this authentic exchange. It is this um, dropping down of the shield to be able to rely on each other and ask each other questions. And, you know, I've never been in a room with a collection of people at your level that you're so honest with each other. And it's not, um, Edgar and I talk all the time about setting the intention in the conversation, but you kind of have an agreed upon int intention when you're working with one another. And, and, you know, you're asking questions, and even the teasing has that intention come out. So I just so enjoy working with you all. So then let me take it to a place of, of the framework itself. So when you look at the true alignment uh, system, it provides framework, terminology, and one of the pieces of feedback that we consistently get is having that shared way of seeing the business and all the different um, pieces, elements, and attributes of the business, and then be able to speak to them through this um, lens of alignment. I just want to ask you all, how important has that been to you and your development as a, as a team in the organization? What are your reflections on that? I'll hop on the grenade. You want to go? Hammond's going to go you first. you going to hop on the grenade? I did. That was a big one. Uh, Hammond's going to go. I might. That's your grenade. You're going to get it back. Thanks. Good catch. Uh, By good the way, catch. the pin has been pulled. <laughs> well, done. <laughs> well done. She pulled a pin for you. Yeah, she did. Uh, you know, I thought it was Tom and Tom. But, uh, John and Marie. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, being able to talk to each other in, a, in the same language is important. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it was language was, I'm a coder, right? Language is just another way I learn. So um, I don't, you know, it's a, you have to learn it. You have to learn the syntax, learn how to talk, and that's just what you do. So um, another one to go from for me, I don't know. I guess it's important, but it wasn't the end all for me. I, don't know. I think it's the magic. I think yeah. otherwise we have a lot of really highly functioning siloed things. I think the, the magic for me and you was getting pulled, blowing out and sitting at the, at the pond and having a, a long heart's heart about it. Because um, we, we bumped heads a it's lot. It's called too. alignment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, if that hadn't, I mean, because, you know, we were, we're both strong personalities. We both don't like people in our lanes, um, you know, and, and to come together took a lot. Right? So that was important. And we had a framework to do that. So, you know, in the past lives, we probably would just run over the other person. Well, it wasn't ever a worry, right? Because you would have been doing your thing, I would have been doing my thing. 
and we would have both been really great at doing our individual things. And I think that's what Tom was saying. We, we came as individual experts in our thing, and now we have all of these, we have this goal of having this aligned company that requires constant interaction and, and coordination because none of us are, are yeah. that individual contributor anymore. Right. Yeah, we're all together now. It's kind of, a, you know, it's, I'm not just innovating and you're not just doing customer experience or growth. and We're all doing it together at the same time. Because um, we're better together. So tell me, tell us a little bit about uh, the idea of innovation and how innovation fits into this. <laughs> well, innovation is, it can be a lot of things, right? Um, it can be big and small. Um, a lot of innovation is small, um, but it's a process too. Um, you know, we build in things to help. We build, you know, we talk design thinking. We build that in, it helps us ideate and iterate through everything. Um, so, you know, it's important. Um, it's part of everything. So sometimes it's a really small innovation and it changes everything. And sometimes, you know, the big idea comes, you know, chat GPT or something. And that's a huge, that's a, that's a paradigm shifting thing versus a, just an innovation, but um, they're all important. And it's built into what we do here, right? Um, you know, if we didn't innovate, we would a successful company, I don't think. Yeah, I think, um, you know, and in our business, right, in the government consulting space, I think um, innovation is very important. But at the same time, it's, it's, it, there's got to be some system to it. Um, you know, I think that took us a little bit to figure out. Uh, because all of our, our mission is to provide innovative mission driven solutions, that word mission gives it more discipline, right? Like if you're oh, you're meeting mission needs, there's there's a discipline to that. It's not just hey, you know what? Let's go innovate. Let's try a bunch of ideas. So I think to that's been the hard part to allow openness enough where we're taking enough risks and tie it all the way back from a system perspective um, to to meet mission critical needs. And I think that's yeah. A lot of innovation is yeah. managed risk. There is yeah. a process to innovation. It's not right. just you know. And I think that makes something been the up. fun part There's of a process it. to yeah. it, and then I agree. And, you know, so was that always there? I, I mean, I love this part of the conversation in Panak and what you said that you know there's a discipline to mission, yeah. right? We've seen this struggle. We've seen the struggle with some of the team, right? We can we can accomplish the same thing through force, and and the ways that we've done it before. But this this bringing in of mission and the in the strong strong tie to mission is different. Um, you know, share, I, I would invite you, please share a little bit of the, the frustrations. I want to, Bree and John, you mentioned this kind of going by the river, I think you said, and having a heart to heart. I, a bunch of you have had, you've had issue with each other, right? During I, the, I think everybody likes me though, Ken. Yeah, <laughs> without, without, without saying, yes. And, and we made a website for Tom and Tom. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's the Toms, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm sorry. No, I mean, so, yeah, it's, so when you think about mission, you think about intention. So in our design work, we always, that's step number one is what's the intention. That, that's not to say that there's already a, a defined outcome or, or perceived. Uh, there's, there's definitely a sense of direction that it takes. Um, and finding what the right problem is that needs to be solved, it's finding... Uh, in a critical way, what's getting in the way of accomplishing and moving towards the, the outcomes of the mission and the purpose that you're trying to achieve. I think the question of when, when you really 
run up against real challenges. If you can think back to your development as a team and those critical moments, those challenges, that that could wind up being the conversation by the river or by the pond. And, and I right away thought about the uh, the musical reference to Neil Young down by the river, and I'm glad <laughs> that didn't didn't play out for you. <laughs> and so the... Uh, what what comes to mind in terms of a critical challenge and and how you managed it? Lots I think I just... I, yeah, I mean, I, I've got tons <laughs> yeah, of stories. Yeah. Everybody's looking at each other like, oh. We've got tons Which of stories story we're going to yeah. tell. I think we have had really big catalyst moments because we've been willing to have the hard conversations with each other because there is the trust and we do see the value and the expertise that we know we need, right? So I know I need John. I can't be successful without him. Are there things that we had to work through from a communication perspective and from a just personality? We're just very different people uh, to get to that. Yeah. I mean, Tom and I've had to do the same where we're great and then we're not. But I think that's the thing that with all relationships worth having, it's not smooth sailing because times change, challenges show up. It's how then you work through those um, together. And as a team, I think that's something we're very strong and committed to doing with each other. I believe there's got to be some sort of conflict. There always needs to be some sort of tension and conflict to spark innovation, to, to continue having conversations. I think when that, you know, the best I heard it recently was when that conflict leaves the boardroom from being task-oriented to being personal attacks, that's when it's you know, it's taking a step away. And I think we've done a really, really good job of keeping our conflicts task-oriented and not so much personal attacks Um, because we did work previously on aligning the team. I think, you know, that that for me was the hardest, obviously. Um, Watching, you know, a group that you were building and, oh, wow, this is not an alignment. We've got to make some changes. This is not alignment. And then once you feel like you've got an aligned team, um, having that conflict, constant conflict, is an okay thing, uh, as long as it's oriented at a task. When you, when you then look at it through the, through the lens of, well, there's different elements uh, that we can have conflict about, uh, whether it's uh, decision-making uh, whether it's uh, ideas and that we have discourse around the differing ideas that we have, uh, where do you see the, the greatest lever being? I mean, dude, is, is, it the, is it the conversation about vision and mission? Is it the conversation about um, how, thing, how you're doing things? Where, where do uh, you see for me, the our, significant levers being? For me, our ability to explore into various, um, for our team, I think that's, that's really, you know, like we've talked about, right? We, we, uh, we're very opportunistic as a team. Aligns to me <laughs> very much as a personal belief. Um, and I think being able to explore when that conflict happens and moving to that very quick, um, saying, hey, we've got this, we've got this. Okay, now we've, you know, laid out a game plan that can go four or five different directions based off of different conditions. Um, but, yeah. So how important is it then, because everybody, all of us sitting here around the table, and Tom, thank you for, for joining us. Now we have two Toms at the table. <laughs> um, there's, um, we have quote-unquote styles and approaches uh, to managing the conflict. How, how important is it to, to have a process? Um, and, and how much of that process needs to have a common, uh, co- some common yeah. threads running through it? 
welcome, welcome to the True Alignment Podcast, Tom Fogarty. That's a good one for you, actually, Tom. I think so, too. Ford. I think yeah. he's the best at it. I, I struggle to answer this one. I, I guess the uh, for us, the process is kind of the, the ideation part of it, right? I think, like, for us... Our ability to ideate as a group, it, that is our process. That's the way that we get through any type of conflict, and that's how we resolve disputes internally is to kind of get together and talk it out, whether it be, like you guys mentioned, in the one-on-one -on -one scenario or whether it requires somebody else on occasion to step in and kind of help mediate those conversations, whether it means bringing in guys like yourselves, Edgar and Ken, to help us kind of talk through and work through those challenges, but I think overarchingly, like, the ideation part is our process, to be honest, and our ability to do that collectively is what has made us successful. If, I hope that's answering the question, you guys. You were, but that's, that's kind of my take on it. So I have to bring in the movie reference here. We do. And Bree, we'll see if it's... We'll see... We'll see if it's uh, over or under, but um, uh, what, what, you, what you thought the movie reference is going to be. And these are on the fly, right? I don't know what they're going to be until I'm we excited. see where the conversation Let's goes. Hear it. So, um, you know, last night we all had dinner together, and, and, and when I got home, uh, Ocean's Eleven was on the TV, right? And that's one of those ones where um, I can't help but watch it every single time it's on. And so all of the Ocean's movies are about a really high-functioning team that – uh, two things, know their role, but also can challenge one another, right? And I'm thinking, of the, I'm thinking of the particular scene in Ocean's Eleven where they're all called together for the first time and the description of what they're trying to accomplish, right? And you can see, um, you can see the question. So hold on, we have to get past the guards, down the chute, that, down the elevator shaft that can't be cracked, open a safe that can't be opened, and then get back out with all of this money. And, and Sounds about right what we're about to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the, you know, that's the image. And so, you know, I'm going to give this, this is my gift to you with your time with us. Imagine yourself in those black night, those black night suits with yeah. the helmets on. That's how, that's how you guys are doing it now, right? I call Danny Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea in reference, actually. It is. It, put, it, it It's very much how our team works. Yeah. I don't know. Wasn't it faking it until they thought they had it right? And then <laughs> that's the whole point behind it. Well, I think they were they were we trying to figure out their <laughs> yeah, roles. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> yes. see where we didn't yeah. align there. <laughs> right? I mean, they were they were. Ken knows us, by the way. <laughs> they were they were trying on their roles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, I think yeah. the the thing also was even the newest person. <clears throat> Um, could challenge Danny Ocean's, you know, motivations behind these things to see if the mission was really the mission. And I think that that was a trust that they had in their group, um, even at the very beginning. Yeah, and I think that's true for most leadership teams, which then raises the question of the individual and, uh, and how you, the individual outcomes and how they align to the collective outcomes that you're, that you're looking to create. So, do you ever get to a point or do you experience a, from each other uh, a sense that you may not all be interested in the collective outcome? 
where 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 there's a risk of it being too individual? I'll start there. That's a nice loaded one, yeah. isn't it? No, that's a, you know, because I, I think it's something we've ha- been having a lot of real discussions around. Um, I think, you know, it, it's a very important thing to understand everybody's individuality and where they are personally and where they'd like to be to make sure it starts aligning to your collective. But, yeah, I think um, that, that balance is very important. And I think you, you in order to put the right structure and right awards and so on and so forth in a company, you, you need to understand that balance um, to make sure you're meeting people's individual needs and where they believe they'd like to go in their career, whether that's, you know, um, career growth or dollars, so on and so forth. But yeah. Keep saying collective, but it's not board collective. It <laughs> still gets to be individuals in the collective. Yeah. So, but at no point did I ever think any of us trust each other that we were doing the best things for the group. Yeah. You know, even if we differed on how to get there, 100%. I think we all trust that we're all going for the right goal. Agreed. It's tactics. It's not strategy. Yeah. And I think you've also been very open with what the options are so that you're not, you're giving people that decision to make. They're all individuals, but you you always go for that buy-in and you ask people if they're in. And if they are, great. If they aren't, then talk about it some more. So you all lead together uh, an organization that's in consistently in growth mode. You've done an exemplary job of doing that. I mean, it's just amazing what you've been able to accomplish. And and you've put a lot of time and energy into the culture of the organization. So the uh, beyond the values, it's how those values really come to life. And so this idea of the uh, of the individual to the collective, how do you how do you consciously see that cascading through the organization and your role in that? <laughs> Good luck there, Tom. He says yes. I think that there's we have like I think there's been a lot of trust that has been built up over the years uh, in our executive committee, um, and I think part of that has been the like willingness to allow each other to disagree with each other um, openly and to not like run away from that, but that's allowing people to individually have their own opinions, their own viewpoints. And then we talk through it and it's like, then we find kind of the collective best path forward. I think, I don't know that that's was always the case, you know, in some of these more high level strategic discussions. I think it's something that has really crystallized in the last year plus, you know, I would say also the, to answer your question about how that kind of cascades, and I think where you're going with the question is that it's how, do, how does that reverberate through the organization? And I think it's obviously through our actions, I think we all do a very good job of living up to the core values, and it's not just like a tagline for us. We actually try to represent as best we can what how we feel those core values translate to running a good business. Uh, and I think our people see that, and the ones that are bought in on what our culture is and how our company operates are they follow that because they see it out of us Uh, and I think that's I guess the best way I could answer how that kind of cascades down throughout the organization Uh, and to speak to what Tom's saying I think we've built trust with them in giving them the ability to learn and grow within the organization um, giving them 
the opportunity to fail, but also being there to help pick them up. Uh, and I think that's gone a long way to being aligned from the top to the bottom. And this is going to be, to me, a, just a, a very conscious choice because so many leaders in organizations today in business speak the language of failing. Let's fail often. Let's fail fast. And, and yet in their behavior, it's not necessarily – it's an advocation. It's not necessarily something that's lived to in terms of how they respond when people make mistakes and, and things go off the rails. Uh, what What is your sense in, in – you're modeling that. You model it here within the team. Ken and I get to see that firsthand. Um, that modeling down through the organization and that and that reinforcement through the organization – if you see that it's not happening, how do you respond to it? What, what do you do? When we see people not like being willing to take risks. Yeah. Yeah. So when you see people not willing to take the risk or they're they're hesitating um, because of that fear of failure. I mean, we all have it. But so much of failure and fear of failure is what the world, uh, how the world responds to us and the people around us. Because yeah, at the end of the day, everything's personal. We're, we're going to, we're going to have an emotional response to what we get. Yeah. I mean, I I think like the that exists here, in the way it does. I mean, that starts with knocking. Like you've always allowed us to take a lot of initiative to try new things, some of which haven't worked out. Um, I think it really starts there, and that's given us all the freedom and the confidence to pursue those things. I think it's an open question how well that has slowed down within the organization. I mean, we're constantly changing the organization because we're a different company basically every year for the last three years. So I think it's probably something we need to look at is, like, how much do they feel the same freedom and, um, you know, autonomy that, that we all feel at the executive question i don't know what you guys think. i think kind of goes back to the the phrase tone at the top um you know i've seen the cultures and values of itc start at the top Pinakin and um, the leadership team run a great all hands meeting they do it once a quarter they let the employees know what's happening what how how what's happening affects them and affects the company uh, and push really hard on where the culture is important and how, how, they, how they're going to push it down. Um, whether or not it's always successful, I don't know. I sat up here for four months, but um, I feel like... <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like you could get a sense that you're s still in this integration mode because it's they... Oh, I don't get to talk at the all hands. We leave finance out of the all hands always. Wait till the next one. Let me do that one. We don't talk about the numbers around. That was it. We don't even let him turn his camera. Yeah, you're right. I think one thing we do that helps you know all the employees out is opportunities. We do design thinking training for the whole company. We do pitch days where they get where they get to participate. We give them opportunities, and if we're not giving enough, we try to give more. Um, so hopefully that resonates, but you know I don't think that happens everywhere. It no, didn't happen at the bigger companies I was at. So I think we talk to a lot of the people when we're bringing them on. We the way part of the way we describe the company is like we expect you to be self motivated, be proactive, take initiative. Like when we're hiring you into a manager executive role, 
so we do like kind of we make a very uh, clear intention of signaling that to people that that's the expectation. And um, but I do think we probably need to look at just exactly how that's happening in practice and where we can encourage it. Pitch day is a very good example. Yeah. We, we do surveys and we get back feedback and we do adjust fire quite a bit based on those surveys. Uh, yeah. We talk about them for hours afterwards. Yeah. I would say the other thing we do is different. I mean, speaking of the surveys and some of the ways in which we approach things, like with a little bit of a different level of openness and, uh, openness and transparency. And I mean, I think people see through that if you're not transparent. I mean, obviously there are certain things that we do that you know, are a little unorthodox maybe for a government contractor as it relates to that. I think some all hands for us, we get very in the weeds and we tell them what our plan is. We tell them what we're doing and how we plan on executing on that plan. We give them survey results, whether they're positive or negative when we get them. And so I think that openness and transparency has kind of led to that trust and building the trust with our, with our folks. And again, I don't, our problem is we're growing so fast that we're bringing in new people. So the challenge is how do we get that to push down to the new people get them to understand that's our culture but I think we do bring this level of transparency that's a little different and I hope I'm not drinking I always say this I hope I'm not drinking our own Kool-Aid. Yeah, so Tom I'm going to ask you that uh, so you're doing that and you're modeling and, and um, cascading that through the organization you're being real intentional about it doing that in your business life has that influenced uh, your level of communication and transparency and in your relationships at home? <laughs> the reason I ask that because we are so often, so often, so often we get the feedback like, gee, I thought this was all about business. And I'm realizing that, you know. Eh. He said, oh, wow. wow. So Hi, Brandy. Said, <laughs> you, you said Tom. You meant Tom Fogarty, right? I'm good to answer this one. I'm just completely at a loss here. Space when it's red is Tom's hair. Let me open that question up then to the group. Then, if, uh, uh, do you have a? Re- I guess the answer would be uh-huh. yes. yes. <laughs> you guess. You Good know. Good. Yes. Good. Yeah. Anybody else in the group that that, that effect on on life in general? Yeah, I think the past two three years, why we've been doing this alignment work, I'll be honest, is probably the most I've worked on myself personally and, and the growth of myself. Yeah. Definitely there's correlation. I think I'm a better parent. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's true. Like, I, I just, I went from sort of a, a what parent to a how and a why. And that, that was really helpful for helping our kids understand where and why we were going in a certain direction instead of saying, you know, cut the grass. Cut the grass because. <laughs> turns out there's value so. to it. <laughs> right. I think, I think it really pointed out. Um, in my personal life, what was in alignment and what wasn't. It, it becomes really, it's like when you buy a Jeep and all you see are Jeeps. With alignment, you really see it when it's, it's not a fit. Yeah, th- this concept of inattentional blindness, I don't know if you've heard this concept before, and I should know who, who the authored the book. Do you know this concept? No. That's That's that exact thing. Like uh, the example that was presented to me was I used to work in a place and somebody said, There are hummingbirds when you walk out the door. I had never in my life seen a hummingbird. And then all I could see and hear were the hummingbirds as soon as I walked out the door, right? Until somebody brings it to your attention. You don't necessarily know it's there. Um, This is not a movie. This is not a movie reference. Not yet. Um, You know, if I may, one of the things in, in my observation, and doing this with Edgar, 
uh, with you all has been so great because, you know, we, we get to explore too, like the work that we do and how well that works. And so, you know, some of the things that I remember talking about was, um, you know, when we first brought this to the director level, right? So you all took like a year and then we got in with the director level and you all sat on the side in the back and you watched and, you know, some people were like, huh. Other people were like, this doesn't work in the government contracting space, right? But last time when we were there, you all were different with the work with that level because you weren't, you weren't sitting there. You actually, you know, Tom and Bree and Panakin and John, you know, I just, you were, you were all, Tom, you were on the phone. Um, <laughs> you were, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just teasing you. Probably to Brandy. <laughs> Bring it back in. Bring it back wow. in. Tell but you more. were all, you were all digging in in ways that were different. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was a growth moment yeah. for, for you all. And I think, you know, this idea of, uh, we asked this earlier in our work today, is this developmental or just role modeling? And the answer is yes, right? It's both. So just so fun to watch you all um, grow and change like that. Yeah, no, I agree, Ken. It's, uh, and, and, you know, Bree and I were talking about it uh, a little bit before, uh, at lunch when we started this trip was, hey, can't wait to share the outcomes of this with the directors and how do we do that and how do we bring them back into this fold and start pushing it down, yeah, and, and just starting together again with everybody. I agree. I think we're starting to get there. What is, um, what's the one piece of advice you would give somebody that just learns about true alignment and is wondering whether to dive in and go to work with it. I'll go first, and then it might be. Uh, I think that the, it, it gives the total experience, right? There's, there's actually, like I said before, right, what I enjoy most about it is the innovation piece as well as there's a systematic discipline to it so that the interaction of that customer experience with that employee experience, with that total experience, like you said, you can catch a window of it um, from Subway when you see it. Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's been the cool part for us. I don't for know, me. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's an interesting experience being watched and liked, right? But um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right. Yeah. Um, Aren't you the tech guy? You're strange. always being watched. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm the watcher. Um, I know exactly what you did on your computer. Um, <laughs> Wait, really? Oh, no. no. <laughs> Not at all. Well, maybe. Um, but, um, you know, I've been through a lot How much of... do you know? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's scary yeah, a little bit, man. This job. Yeah. I thought we were open with each other. This guy's keeping secrets. <laughs> no, I've been watching the secrets. Um, you're keeping what? them, and I'm clearing the cash. Um, Just clear it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It won't help. Um, it won't help. Jeez. There's things called logs, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, um, I've been through a lot of... <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Uh, where are we at? We don't know where it went. Don't remember the question was anymore. Yeah, yeah, what was the question? No, I've been through a, a lot of corporate retreat type things, and I had to watch for a while. Um, mm. You know, I've sat through many of these things, and um, I'm not a big believer in a lot of the things. I've been through a million of the um, 
what do you call them, the quadrant things and all those, you know, personality <laughs> things. EOS and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, you name it. I've been through all of them, and, man, I, I tell you, I can make them say what I need them to say, right? And um, we tried. You're right. Yeah, and, um, you know, so I had to watch first because I didn't think it was going to work, right? But, you know, it has worked out, you know, and I think it's the alignment part of being open and communicative worked. Um, it took me a while, I think, because I'm introverted and I'm distrustful. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> just why I'm always on your computer. Like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> but, but, you know, it worked out. Um, I'm going to get Mel to write something that wipes my cash automatically <laughs> as soon as uh, I'm done. Don't get on the network. Um, <laughs> you got to get a VPN. Um, yeah, so... I don't know, but yeah. we're there, you know, and it, um, it has made a difference, right? I think it's uh, how subtle it is, like how it, it builds very subtly. I think you, when you hear about it, you just instinctively, like everybody wants to see immediate impact of these things, and I don't think it really works like that. It has very subtly built for us over three years and, like, the law of compounding almost takes over and that, like, you know, it, it didn't necessarily feel a year and a half in that we changed dramatically, and then you sit here and three years later and you're able to look back on it, and it's much more evident, like, how far you've evolved. But it, it was very subtle at the entire... So you have to be patient with it and don't expect that you're just going to have these, like, huge impact moments, you know, six eight months in, you know, it takes a lot of time and you got to stick with it. I think to Hammond's point, you know, cause you have early adopters and adopters that are slower to change. Right. And I think that's, that's, that's the big thing with exploring is the ability to ensure, you know, you align back to everybody's thoughts of how well they can adapt change. And I think for us, that's what's allowed that growth as well. Um, and that's what leads to the innovations and the humbleness, so on and so forth, tying it all the way back to your personal. But Akin, as you, as you say that word, you, in our work today, you had, you had three phrases for who you want working with you. Remember what they were? Humble, Humble yeah, hungry, hungry, and willing to learn. I think the piece of advice I would, I would give is um, pick your team wisely. This doesn't work unless you already have the people in the room that can do the thing and that you know you can trust. I think I'm looking at some stickies on the wall. Integrity is the number one. Without working with a team that has integrity as their, their core, none of this works. So whatever framework you want to put on top of it, for us, alignment worked. But it worked because everyone in this room came to work every day. First turn. I agree with everything everybody else said. <laughs> yes. I'm the ditto man. <laughs> I should have worn my words. The words. I absolutely words. agree. So what words of advice do you have? For somebody that's just coming to it and experiencing it for the first time. <laughs> it saved my marriage. Definitely. And Edgar, you saved my marriage. <laughs> um, All right. Thank you for joining the yeah, joy. <laughs> we just want to end on a high note here. I guess my only thing would, like, 
I guess to the point, you got to put in the work as part of it too. Like it's not a thing that just happens overnight. Like we've gone through a lot of painful moments as a company, <laughs> in turn, you know, along the way, and we made some bad decisions and we made some great ones. Um, and I think, but you got to be willing to put in the work. And I think that's. I mean, I don't know the, any other way to put it. You got to be willing to have rough conversations. You've got to be willing to make very difficult decisions. Um, some of which at the time may feel like they might impact somebody in this group negatively, and sometimes it impacts others positively. But at the end of the day, I think we, like I said earlier, own them collectively. Uh, we put in the work collectively, and that's why, you know, and we bought in collectively, and that's why it's worked for us. It's kind of interesting because when you start, you go back to this the idea that every misalignment is going to show up at some form of discourse or conflict. And as you mentioned before, the ability then to address the conflicts and create alignment because if you don't have the conversation about the misalignments you're not going to you're not going to do that yeah. and that's the ongoing conversation that you engage in and it does it takes a, a level of commitment to that to make that work and uh, and I think a, a great a great piece of that here collectively as a group is that there is that call it integrity that that also then gets conveyed through this idea of courage and and having the courage to speak the truth uh, we've we've mentioned this on the pad, podcast before that when you strip everything away, what leadership's about is the pursuit of truth. And so, when there's a misalignment, much like if in a marriage, in a in a in a very intimate relationship, if there's a misalignment, you you see it, you sense it, you feel it, you know it's there. Then having the ability to have a conversation about it becomes essential to the success of that relationship. And so when we step back, and, and Ken and I talk about this a lot in relationship to the teams and groups we get to work with, in particular this team here, um, has that, just that ability to be able to say with a level of truth to say, yeah, we need to have a real conversation here. Uh, we're seeing things differently, or we're looking for, for different outcomes here, and we need to be able to have those kinds of, of at times, very difficult conversations and do that with a true intention for... Uh, the quality of the relationship. Because at the end of the day, and we come back to this a lot, is that business is human to human. And it begins with the humanity here. And an understanding that all business is about is an expression of humanity. That's, that's at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. And it's so important to bring it back to that level. So just a, also a note of appreciation to all of you for, for the way that you go about doing that. So let me ask you now uh, th this question, because here you are in the midst of, of doing the alignment work. Um, is there anything from the experience that, you, that you're having today that you, that you find really noteworthy beyond what we've already talked about? I think the noteworthy thing for me was how fast it went. Yeah. This same exercise a year ago. Yeah. We wouldn't have even finished in three days. <laughs> we would have tabled it for the next time we got together. Um, and I think that goes to the trust. We didn't have to explain everything. It goes to the communication that we all have all the time. None of these things are a mystery or new. That, that, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, and that goes back to what you were saying, uh, Tom. It's that um, having having some sense of, of what it is you're trying to achieve and what it looks like, and then being able to recognize that alignment work at first can feel like we're not really going going at a, at a pace that we'd like to. 
yet the consistency of it, then all of a sudden you realize, not too far down the road, that you're much more effective, much more efficient in the use of time. There is uh, the, somehow the, uh, the unnecessary questioning of, or at times game playing or, or positioning uh, um, and posturing isn't there any longer. And so the conversations get really clean, don't they? I was going to say the other thing that strikes, strikes me from when we first engaged with you guys on True Alignment was that a lot of our things at that point were everything was looked at like a problem. Like we had all these problems that we needed to overcome, right? And I think now we look at them more like that. And I think we talked about this earlier. That's why I was looking back at the board because I was like, now we really are looking at it more like opportunity. Like, so even if it is a, it's a problem, but we're seeing those situations more like opportunities for growth within the team or within the organization. And we used to just be like, man, are we gonna, man we got a lot of problems. And now it's more like we have a little like challenge versus yeah, problem. Yeah, like a very different framing of, you know. Right. And now we're looking at it more like how, how do we look at this more like this is an opportunity for us to change some things to make it even better than what we've already made it. I think one thing I found interesting, though, is this this um, exercise we did, which was, as far as I could tell, on the fly. You just came up with it out of the blue. It's <laughs> <laughs> part of the framework. It's well, part of the framework. But, I mean, we weren't expecting to do this. We sat down. We wrote what's going well, what's, what's not going well within our individual groups. And then people yeah. presented it, and nothing was a surprise to anyone. Nobody said anything like, oh, really? I didn't, I didn't know that was a problem. Everyone was nodding. They knew what, what everyone else's challenges sure. and successes were. And that, that I just shows the alignment that, they've achi- that we've achieved. <laughs> 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 over, over the past few years that, that's been going on. Yeah, in the past few years, the, the last time you met as a group, um, the first part of the process was to look at the, his, the history of the organization and when you all came into it and the contributions that were being made along the way that, you brought, that brought you into the present. And then today's conversation was looking at very much in the present future context, which we went to last time as well. But this time, because you're all pretty much on the, on the same page with the same understanding of the history yeah. of wh- how, how it all came together, that you're able to just kind of yeah, just jump into that conversation. And there's not a whole lot of surprises here. And if you didn't think of something as a problem and someone else provided it, it wasn't the questioning of, oh, no, that's not a problem. or I'm going to turn away from that. It's kind of like, yeah, that's an opportunity. And you're right, because on the uh, glass wall here, we have uh, the what's working, what's not, and, and right next uh, with what's not is here's the opportunity. Here's the list of opportunities that, that we have, which then allows you to see that. And, and that's in all form of relationships in our lives. The bottom line is if we can have a real honest conversation about what's working, what's not, Wow, just the power of that in, in, in all of our relationships is just incredible. Incredible what we can get done. Yeah. So what did you guys learn from us in three years? Yes. John, <laughs> turn it around. Turn the table. So how did I help I you with your, your personal <laughs> relationships? <laughs> well, uh, from listening to some of the things you said you said to Brandy, I realized... They're not good things for me to say. So <laughs> 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 there you That's there you more go. how our work goes. <laughs> yes. That's the way it works. I think, I, I think the, the, the major piece of the experience with this group is, along with everything that you've already identified, which are all attributes of high-performing teams, 
continually function, regardless of how you slice and dice it or whose who's, um, approach you want to take for characteristics of effective teams or whatever it happens to be. Um, at the end of the day, it really is about moving towards a place of openness that um, you're able to, the quality of listening, uh, that listening to one another is key, that mutual respect and the ability to be curious with one another, and then that you see each other, uh, you see one another and each other as being competent and you're willing to help each other succeed. And I think that's a, that's a key. And beyond all else, it's, it's the, what's the level of openness, that vulnerability that you can engage in, and not just vulnerability in expression, the vulnerability in the listening part of it too, which I think is so, so important, especially when it comes to team dynamic. But one thing that I will, that I will uh, rely on more than anything else in terms of a, a learning uh, from working with you is, uh, I think what uh, Tom Fogarty, what you brought into it, is that um, it, it takes consistent application and uh, a commitment to doing it. And that uh, in the, at the end of the day, it's trust in the process, trust in the system, because you'll know you'll get a result if you do. And this is a, a, a just a really f- wonderful, wonderful example of how well that works, because you, you've all done so well. Yeah, it's just tremendous. What, what, what do you think, Ken? Yeah, I, I'll add that the one thing that I think I learned is, you know, we get exposed to a lot of different businesses. And um, early on, I was... I think you always try and connect the things you're seeing for the first time to something you already have known. And, and I know when I first started working with you, I was trying to figure you out. I, I was trying to figure you out by what I knew from other businesses. And, and the one thing, you know, personally in this work that, that Edgar and I do that I've taken away is um, to not try and compare you to anybody. I mean, you are, you, you are unique you, you are just unique and special. I, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, in, with such fondness, we Edgar and I converse about you because it is the, we've never seen a, as big a collective take on that openness and that vulnerability. And I, Tom, your point earlier, I talk a lot about uh, a lot of businesses when they do it well, they stop worrying about the kinetic energy up front. The energy of motion is usually what consumes most businesses, right? And I always, uh, you'll hear me say this, I've said it a bunch of times today. Lots of business can be done by force. The idea is to have business work without your force. And I think if you spend the time in the potential energy phase, getting ready, the kinetic goes faster, to your point. That's like what Bree was saying and her reflection on today, like versus past exercises. There's a lot of wasted energy at times in those prior discussions versus we still had consistent representation of different viewpoints and perspectives today, but there wasn't like the other stuff around it. It was much more focused, I feel like, than in the past. Yeah, I would say that uh, the experience of that is that uh, with that focus, it's, it's easier. It's just easier. It's cleaner. It's easier. Yeah, there's not as much... Uh, More ready. Uh, yeah. There's a readiness that overcomes the fear associated with it. Yeah, it's really good. The big lesson of today? Or your big lesson? He has a question. Why do I have to answer Hammond's yeah. question? <laughs> <laughs> I took over. I'm just looking around the table. Tell, tell me yeah. more about that. <laughs> I'd love to. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I learned. 
I think it's it's something that I I felt in the first time I really got serious about coming to ITC that it was special. And it wasn't because we had alignment first. It was because it was a special collective of people. And you were in a helicopter. And I was also in a helicopter. <laughs> Side story. That helped. I can be bought with Blackhawks. <laughs> um, but I think when Tom Fogarty and I went out to lunch, and when I, I spent time talking to Panak and, and I came to the open house of the office, it was, it very much so felt like lightning in a bottle. And we've all been around long enough to know when it doesn't feel like lightning in a bottle. And you can be great on your own. And we've all been great on our own. But to be great next to greatness, <laughs> neither of the Toms are great. <laughs> but but Bree and I do pretty well with Tom. and I are great. <laughs> so this side of the table. But that, being able to layer alignment first on top of high-performing, really good humans it's it's the other piece that we i don't think we talk about enough we are very good humans but i i was talking you talk about this beat wrapping all the way back to your personal life i love how these guys dad they i have so much respect for how they dad because i think it's changed how they manage and how they lead and it's all of those things that came into play for me to want to work with you every day I think it's really amazing. That's powerful. It really is. Yeah, thanks. That was really nice. Tom Fogarty's got some tears in the corner of his eyes. No one's ever said anything that nice to him. <laughs> Why'd you do that? <laughs> well, so um, let me just ask you uh, this question. Um, is there, uh, do you have any questions? Is there anything that... Uh, Beyond you know what we've what we've learned from working from you, is there anything else that uh, you would like to make sure that the audience hears or knows? In terms of working with you guys and going anything through the process, like, that's one of our approaches. <laughs> it's one of our approaches to the to the podcast. Is we really, we don't, we don't come in with any um, too much of an agenda and no boundaries. So yeah, anything at all? Thoughts, questions, comments, anything at all? When you started working with us, did you think, because at that time we were not where we are now, did you think that we would be where we are now when you started working with us? Oh, uh, I can answer that in, a, in different Honestly. ways. <laughs> <laughs> Edgar always says, how else would he answer? Yeah. Would he not be honest with you? Yeah, I love it when people say, let me be honest, right? Oh, oh, oh. Wow. Um, uh, so uh, different, ways, different ways to hear it. One of the things that we've learned over time over the last 20 plus years, 30 years of doing this work, is that you can usually tell pretty quickly when there's a commitment to it. So that whole idea is there an immediate alignment to the desire to do to, the, to, to do this kind of work at this level. And that would apply to an organization like yours or, or a larger or publicly traded organization or board. It's, it always begins with, is that, is that first moment there? And so to answer that question, I, don't, I, I can't tell you what I thought or imagined what the outcome would look like. What I can tell you is that from the immediate moment that Panakin and I first started the conversation, it was there. It was that sense of, yeah, I, 
this is it. I want to, I, I see the value in this. I want to do this work and bring it into the organization and into the future. From the standpoint of your actual business results and your strategic thinking, um, I, I can only say that I'm, uh, I compliment you all on the way that you've been able to think strategically and evolve in the way that you, you go about doing that and the way that you plan and the way that you execute the business, the way you implement your strategies together. And um, I, I, in that sense, what level of expectation did I have coming into it? Um, I, all I know is that my experience of it has been just absolutely wonderful to see, to see that part of it, including the business growth and the results that you get in terms of both the, the size of the organization, how you've grown the revenue, uh, the margin that you're working with, and how successfully you're doing that. And then today, looking at it through the lens of what are the possibilities for the future, um, I, I thought at some point you would, get to the, you would get to a level of thinking about what the different opportunities would be. I, would, uh, I didn't have the uh, expectation of you getting here as fast as you have. You might think, well, you know, it's, it's been slow coming, this alignment, we've been working at it. But relatively speaking, when you just take a three or four year snapshot of what you've accomplished is just absolutely remarkable. And so with that, that's beyond expectation. Um, you don't really know. You don't really know. And some organizations will have a five, 10 year vision of where they want to go. You don't really know what it's going to look like until you get there until that moment or that decision-making moment comes. And I think you've, you've gotten here a lot faster than I would have imagined. And I hope that answers your question well. It does. I have another one if nobody else has one. <laughs> Can I add to that first? Yeah. Please. So, you know, I will say I think there's a couple of qualities that are really, really important here, Tom, to that question. One is um, you all have a wisdom about your space uh, across the entire group. I mean, you kind of know in your sector exactly what is happening, and you're paying attention at a very uh, a level well beyond the organization. So I think that that quality, and and to a person, you all have that. I mean, and that that I think is a really important ingredient into this. The other thing was you mix the personal and the organizational, right? You all invested in the time that was necessary to do the coaching. And that's, that's another part. And I would say, you know, those are indicators that you are going to be where you are now from, from the start. Yeah, I think that's very true, especially the last part is a lot of organizational skills come at strategic planning or like alignment and just look at it as a one-time event or something that we're going to use as a springboard. And you've done that consistent work, and I think there's a, there's a great deal of power to that. Yeah. So you had an, another question? My other question is more kind of around what Ken was so, sort of touching on, but and Eric probably is the only one that, that hasn't really seen this with our group, but there's been a lot of very emotional conversations that have taken place within this group or that we've had individually uh, or individually amongst each other. Is that something? And I said you asked the question about my wife. Some of that has reverberated. I've talked about my family sometimes very openly and the toll that – the work has put on my family life, right? Absolutely. And I've done that openly amongst us. I'm wondering, though, is that like a norm when you're going through this process with other companies, or is that something unique to us and to the individuals in our group? It's a great question. 
It's an excellent question. Because we come at it through the lens of that alignment uh, applies to all aspects of our lives. Uh, so that depth of conversation can be about how someone is questioning the alignment to themselves and their desired legacies, the alignment to their, in their relationships. Because we don't put any boundaries on those, on those conversations um, and I think that's part of the, I think the, if you wanted to call it a secret sauce, I don't think it really is, but it's just the ability to see that alignment applies to all aspects of our lives. And, and in the end of it, if you really get really down to the core of it, it really does question if we're in alignment to who we really want to be. And those are the, and I also, going back to the idea of that, you know, the pursuit of truth, I think the ultimate pursuit of truth is who we are, who we want to be, and how we live to that, how we align our choices, our actions to that. And so uh, is, it, is, it, uh, is it unique? I think in the, as an experience as a whole, it's unique to each individual and each individual set of people that we have the pleasure and the privilege, the honor to work with. So but I, at the end of the day, when it's working, you know it, you, you feel it, and, and it touches people deep inside. Certainly doesn't happen with everybody. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. We've, we've also engaged groups that we will do a you know, two, three-day workshop with on alignment, and um, they'll get their fill at the, at the strategic level, and that's maybe all they're seeking and all they're looking for. And then there's, there's other opportunities like this one where, that uniqueness of the personalities and the people involved just shines through and it, it gets so real mm-hmm. and there's just no denying there's no denying what's true what's what really is truthful in the room Ed- edgar i think i talked about this a little bit last time on my podcast right and outside of aligning brand culture leadership so on and so forth i think what attracted me to the alignment uh framework was that me model Right where it gets down to you as a person and and helps you understand how to tie all these things to back, and then along with that, with the transition model, right? Of like, here's how you're going through these stages. So yeah, I think the framework itself, you have to be vulnerable um, if you're going to make it work properly. I believe that, and that's why you know even when we started this conversation, my thought was it's the people. You have to know each person individually and their 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 thoughts and their where they are and and centered that is and how well it starts to align to where you're trying to go absolutely panak and as you mentioned that me model you know part of that me model is it, it makes your emotions okay yeah so you know if you want a movie reference to for here today <laughs> the movie inside out tom mm-hmm. your boy's four and a half so this is one of the better animated movies um, because such a good movie walks yeah. people through right. all of the different emotions and normalizes them and, and, you know, as a parent, as you mentioned that parenting component earlier, I mean, I think that is the thing. It makes emotions normal. Yeah. Um, and so I love that you talk about that, that kind of personal component coming in, Panakin. Yeah. And then uh, in closing the loop on the question at the end of the day, as, as uh, corny as it is, it's also remarkably profound that uh, what's really precious in our lives, time and love, that there, there, is, there is a for, there's a form of love in the business context. There is on how people care for one another. It shows up in, in intimacy and vulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, we, we, we know the two Toms love each other. So much. So much. So exactly. <laughs> More than you know. <laughs> Check their internet history. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. So, John, what do you think? I can cut back that to you. <laughs> so, um, is John aligned to us, guys? <laughs> So, uh, if I may, it's been it's been so much it's been so much fun. We've had a great day with you, of course, and uh, last night, and and uh, we're looking forward to tomorrow. In uh, for this for this uh, part of our time together, it's been just this is a remarkable pleasure having you on the podcast, all as a group, just absolutely wonderful. So, thank you, thank you so so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And so with that, as always, uh, info at truealignment.com, your thoughts, your questions, your comments, all welcome. We'll respond to you as quickly as we can. Um, and uh, with that being said, uh, I'm Edgar Papke. I'm Ken Sagendorf. Have a great day. And live a line. Thanks for listening to True Alignment. Mm-hmm.